Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Miss Congeniality. I, I am just, I'm so excited about this episode. Like, sometimes when I'm writing an episode, because I do write them, I don't know, like, if you guys care, like, about the ins and outs of podcasting, but for me... I usually write my episodes like I write like a script pretty much word for word and then sometimes it'll be like word for word with like bullets under it of things I want to hit and then once I'm recording I just go for it and so I was writing it and I was like this just feels this just feels like it's going to be cathartic for me and I hope that it's cathartic for other people today's podcast is going to be about the mid-20s slump and just like being in your mid-20s in general I really feel like the way I feel I wasn't prepared for and I really wanted to like talk more about it and I've never talked about it with people before but we'll get there because obviously we have updates first. I really didn't have much going on since I last spoke to you guys. Um, I record my podcast on Tuesdays or sometimes Mondays and they get released on Fridays. So I feel like it's really just like the week, whatever happened in the week. And in my personal life, not much happened this week. You know, I'm still just getting kind of like in, I don't want to say relaxation mode because I've been fucking working since I got home from Europe, but I'm trying to just like take it easy on myself before the fall and the press for the book and everything starts happening. And the physical galleys have gone out, which if you guys don't know book stuff, book tings, I'll give you a brief overview. So net galley, physical galley arc, right? What the fuck are these things? So When the book is like basically done, but there still might be like a couple things here or there or like one or two more proofreads that need to go over it, there will be a net galley. That's basically just like a Kindle PDF version of the book that you get on this app, net galley. um, And that goes out to like press and whatnot. And it'll go out months in advance. So they have time to read it before they, before it comes out so they can review it if they so choose. So most books have net galleys. Some books also get physical galleys and that's just a soft bound cover of the book, like a soft cover version, uncorrected proof, same deal going out to press. Then probably like a month before, maybe a little bit further out, two months before there are advanced reader copies. Those are ARCs. Those are more widely available to bookstagrammers, bookfluencers. A lot of college newspapers get ARCs. Um, influencers in general a lot of time get arcs especially if they like to read or if they know the author or what have you so those are the three kind of like things and so right now physical galleys and net galleys are out I'm still waiting on my copy which is like kind of nerve-wracking so I'm like obviously it's not the hardcover it's not the final it's not like my actual baby in my hands but it is like a version of her that I would like to see so I'm waiting on that but yeah we're just like kind of in pre-book press mode. So a lot of it just feels like I'm just taking everything one step at a time. But I did just book a lot of exciting podcast guests. I have just been literally grinding on that. And I have four people now who are like locked and loaded. Um, People that I think you're really going to like. Things about books, things about theater, things about life. And I think it'll be great. So that's it for me. But the pop culture world, it just keeps churning, you know, like it just keeps fucking going. So the last time I talked to you guys, like there wasn't that much information out about the Ariana Grande, Ethan Slater thing, but now there's a lot of information out and like, it's just, okay. So many things about this are so nutso to me. And probably the first thing that's like absolutely fucking nutso is like the pedestal that we put celebrities on. And this is the same way I feel about the Lizzo thing. 
I do not think what Lizzo or Ariana Grande did or do or have done is okay. Like, I'm not, like, that is not okay. But I think we as society put celebrities on a pedestal based on the information they give us. And for the most part, the information they give us is going to be the best version of themselves. Maybe not always. Maybe not if you're, like, a real housewife or a Kardashian and, like, your whole life is on display. But, like, for a Lizzo, for an Ariana Grande, they are giving us, like, the information that they want to give us and they're giving us the version of themselves they want to give us. They're not actually giving us to them, but they're doing so in a way that we can develop sort of like parasocial relationships to them. And we can sort of, you know, project our feelings about the version of them onto actual them. And I think it becomes a problem with someone like Ariana because we don't actually know her, you know, we don't actually know anything about her, just like what she chooses to give us and the version of herself she chooses to give us. And for me, the same thing can be true of Lizzo. Like this shocked me so much. And part of the reason that it shocked me is probably because like the, I projected my perception of Lizzo onto her when all I actually had was a version of her. I don't know if this is making sense, but I think Veronica has summed this up really well on the pod before, but just the idea of like the way we view these celebrities so that when a scandal like Lizzo's comes to us, we're fucking appalled and shocked because we think it's the antithesis of who she was when realistically, this is probably who she was all along and we actually don't know her. I think a lot of times like we forget that we like genuinely don't know these people and they're just like a version of themselves that we know. And then we then like take that to mean all of them. And so I feel just like, that's how I'm really feeling about these like things. Like it's bringing up this wider conversation and it's bringing up like a very interesting conversation more so in Ariana Grande's case about like switch up culture and like sort of the, I don't know the way people are like excited to celebrate someone's downfall. That's always so interesting to me. Like the minute a woman that's in the public eye does something unfavorable or that her stands don't want her to do or aren't proud of her doing or are displeased that she does. All of a sudden it's like, well, I always knew she fucking sucked and I always hated her. And like, oh my God. And then there's the people that like didn't like Ariana Grande and now they're like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I finally get to like, I finally get to bring people over to the dark side of hating Ariana Grande. And it's crazy to me. And again, I'm not saying what she did or is doing or does is okay. It's not. But what's just insane to me and sad almost, like I was talking about in therapy, how sad it makes me that people are so excited to celebrate other people's downfalls. It's almost like they get a high off of it and they like can't wait. I'm just like, why? Why? Like, why are you excited to celebrate a woman's downfall or like her wrongdoing? Why are you excited to like bring a community of people together in negative, in a negative way. Why are you excited that this is like news when like someone's life is ruined, lives are ruined. Like there's a child, like it's just so, so strange to me. And I know this just like human nature, but like it always happens. And it's also happening with Lizzo. Like what Lizzo did, if those allegations are true is atrocious. Like it's genuinely horrible, but I see so many people like, I always knew, I always knew that there was something fishy up and I'm like, no, like, and this is even more problematic because there are so many people being like now commenting on Lizzo's weight and her appearance. And like, she, it's just like not the right way to do it. Like somebody, like someone that you admired or respected can do something bad. And you can number one, not be excited about their downfall. And number two, not 
use their downfall as a reason to just start shaming them for their weight or being like misogynistic or racist or sexist or fat phobic or any of that. Like, again, like I don't think that there's that much to be said that's new information about like those two scandals and like more specifically the very serious allegations against Lizzo. I think like what's been said has been said and I'm not adding anything new to that conversation. But the one thing that's just crazy to me is like the excitement to celebrate the downfall of women and then the excitement to just shame them for other things that are completely and entirely unrelated. And like almost like it gives people a free pass to be like racist or fat phobic because, because Lizzo did something shitty. It doesn't. It's just wild to me. And frankly, it's been depressing I think on my podcast with Jenna Palak, actually, she was talking about how she like tries to focus on the positivity over the negativity. And I'm trying to do that. Like, obviously I'm trying to take in information about like certain things that happen in the world and whatever, and like certain, you know, comments that are made on my page or DMs I get. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to focus like majority of my time and energy in the personally positive, like not like world events. I'm not talking about like news. I'm talking about like pop culture and TikTok and then just like my comment section and like my own, I don't know, like the things that I've been struggling with or whatever. I've just been trying to focus more on the positive. And something that I find to be very positive is the new season of the Kardashians on Hulu. I don't know if you guys have been watching or I don't know if you guys keep up. I'm going to say fucking something right now. I keep up. If there is something to keep up with with the Kardashians, I keep up. Number one, it's mindless for me. And number two, I do have an attachment to Kim Kardashian specifically. I, I just think that she's, I just love her. And I know people have all sorts of different takes on Kim, but I love Kim and I think Kim is like an amazing mom. And I was just watching the new season of Keeping Up and I feel like it really like comes out so much like in this season with everything she's dealing with and going through. And I'm just like, damn, I love Kim Kardashian. Just wanted to share that. And if you're like on the fence about watching the Kardashians on Hulu, like it's the most mindless TV that you'll ever find, but it's also like oddly inspiring and definitely like influences me on a regular basis. So if you're easily influenced, maybe not, but it is just like one of my absolute faves right now. Currently I'm also watching, um, prison break still kind of gives me the like the scaries though. So I watch like one episode at a time. I'm reading Animal by Lisa Tadeo and some new Eve Babbitts. And that's really like what I'm like consuming media wise. Um, and then in terms of my upcoming travels, I'm going to Maine this weekend. Then I'll be in Texas. Then I'll be in Puerto Rico. Like there was a lot of travel that was pushed back that I was supposed to have on my appendix when during appendix gate. And so we're working through it. We're working on it. We're living through it and with it. And it's going to be fine. It's going to be fun. I never feel like I'm in one place for a long period of time. But like, that's what retirement will be for, darlings. I I actually don't see myself ever retiring. Like, I kind of just want to like, I love what I do. Like, it's such a fucking, it's, I'm just so lucky. Like, why would I want to stop? Maybe I'll eat my words in the future. But, you know, it remains to be seen. Okay, guys, we're taking a quick break to talk about and thank one of our partners. Um, I've never told you guys this, but I kind of struggle with like hydrating myself. Like I definitely do drink water because my body will like crave it, but I'm much more of a beverage girl. Like I love a little bevy 
And so I've been loving Element lately, and I've told you guys about this, but we're going to talk about it again. This is a zero sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research revealing that optimal health outcomes occur at sodium levels two to three X government recommendations. So each little stick pack, which is so easy, you just pop it in your water bottle wherever you're going. You guys know I'm on the go, delivers a meaningful dose of electrolytes free of any like artificial colors or dodgy ingredients. And I feel like a lot of people think that something like an electrolyte drink mix would only be for athletes. But no, not only is it for athletes and people like, like, work out and stuff. It's like for anybody, which I love, but also they are the exclusive hydration partner to team USA weightlifting and many Olympic athletes. And around 30% of the NFL is drinking element out of green and orange bottles, which I just feel like helps to up their ante a bit. So members of my community can receive a free element sample pack with any order when they purchase through my custom URL, which is drinkelement.com slash miscongeniality. That's drinklmnt.com slash miscongeniality. This offer is available exclusively to you guys. You're not going to find it anywhere else. The sample pack has one packet of every single flavor, which is amazing. There's eight total, and this is totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you can give it away to a friend, and they will give you your money back. No questions asked. Love you guys. Okay, so I think I'm done giving you guys updates and inspiring stories and I just want to like get into the episode and do the episode and live it and so that's what we're going to do. Um, Yeah, so I'm calling this the mid-20 slump but I really feel like nobody prepares you for how it feels to like be in your early to mid-20s. I'm 25, like genuinely nobody and it was and is like such a rude fucking awakening to feel the way that I feel right now which I'm going to explain to you guys and I don't want to say I feel disillusioned because I think that would suggest I'm disappointed in the reality of being in my mid-20s, which I'm not. Like, I'm the happiest I've ever been. I just think I feel very, like, untethered and very unsupervised. And I also, like, somehow at the same time feel the most like myself and the least like myself that I ever have in my entire life. And while I have this very strange, like, clarity about the world, I feel like most of the big questions that I have do not have answers or will not be answered. And that makes me feel kind of like this very strange anxiety. And so I'm just going to try to tell you guys and like put my feelings into words before then we analyze it. Um, Because for so long, I felt like nobody felt this way. And so I've actually never told people about these feelings, but I feel like what better place to start than all of you. Um, So I don't really feel like an adult. Like, I don't feel like I look like I'm like the same age as like a Hailey Bieber. And I know she's like way, way more like rich and has immense privilege and wealth and all of these things. But still, like, I don't feel like an adult. And I see people who are 25 and I'm like, I don't feel like I look their age. But I also don't feel like I'm a kid either. I don't feel like I'm like sexy in the right ways. And I, while I don't really feel that different from like versions of myself at 18, 19, 20, 21, et cetera, I also feel like literally so, so different. And I I can't explain it, but at the same time, I feel so far away and so close to like my inner child. And I really do feel like I am that inner child, but then people talk about like getting in touch with your inner child. And I'm like, what if I feel like I'm already in touch with them? What if I'm just the same? I always have been like, I feel like I've grown up so much, but also not at all. Like I'll look back on the things I thought about and kind of how I carried myself at 18 and what I thought was like, you know, adult and mature. 
And I'll like laugh at it and be like, oh my God, that was so funny. That wasn't adulting or being mature at all. But at the same time, I don't feel adult or mature enough for being 25. And it's this kind of thing where I think I know what I want out of my life, but then every single time I log on to like any internet site, someone's buying a house, someone's having a baby, someone's getting engaged, somebody's getting married, and all in the age range of like 22 to 32, which I feel like I'm like smack in the middle of. And I feel so happy for these people, like genuine joy, no envy. But then I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, I don't even know what I want anymore because am I happy for those other people? And am I thinking I also want that? That would be really nice. Or like, do I want that right now? What do I want right now? Is there a right way to do it? Well, there's no right way to do it. There's no supposed to. I know that to be true, but what then am I doing? What's going on? And then I start internalizing everything and freaking out. And I'm like, does anybody else feel this way? Does anybody else feel so untethered, like so unmoored? Am I a mess? Am I all over the place? If I admit that I feel this way to other people, are they going to be like, she's a mess. She's all over the place. And then I'm like, where are the other people talking about this? It must just be a me thing. It's gotta just be a me thing. And I feel like I'm just in this era of my life, like probably 22 to 32, like I said, where anything really goes, like you could live at home, you could be engaged, you could be married, you could be pregnant, you could be career building, bartending, like being an artist, traveling, being a party animal, like staying in every night, like you could do whatever you want and it's all appropriate. Like I literally feel like I am a dog and I was on one of those leashes that was like slowly extending throughout high school, slowly extending throughout college, slowly extending. And then all of a sudden the leash just got cut and now I'm like free to do whatever the fuck I want. But I'm like too scared to run away, but I'm too scared to say where I am. And every time I come into a fork in the road, I'm like, I genuinely don't know which way to go, but I feel like I'm supposed to. And it is, it is crazy. And nobody prepared me for feeling this way. Not a soul, not a person. And then I've seen nobody talk about it. And I'm like, Am I going nuts? Because also at the same time, I feel genuinely happy and like content, but then there's all of this brewing. And then there's like so many other things like with the friends, I feel like I don't have any friends. And then I feel like I have too many friends. Then I feel like I should have a group, even though I've never wanted a group and I don't like a group. And then I'm like, am I a bad friend? Even though I'm doing absolutely everything I can to be a good friend. And then I'm like, I sometimes feel like I need to do more things with friends, even though every waking minute that I have free, I'm doing with friends. And then I feel like I need to have plans every single night or something to do or somewhere to go or something, whatever. And then I'm like, well, also none of the nights ever do I want plans. So what am I supposed to be doing? And then sometimes I go to plans and really like the plans. And I'm like, what the fuck do I like? And then I'm like having this realization that my parents and all adults that I know are just like people. And somehow I worry like so much more about them than I did before when I was a child, because I'm like, we're all just people. Like, I just feel like I just feel like there's there's all these options and it's really hard to like clear your head and decide like what you want, what you do envy, what you don't want at all. And I just literally feel like I have all the tools to go after what I want, but I'm genuinely like what is going on? And I feel like I know what I don't want, but at the same time like my entire childhood, everything I said I wanted is like pretty much not what I want now. Like when I was a child, I was like, I want to be engaged at 24 and like I have a baby when I'm 26. And like, that's, just, I just said that cause that's what my mom did or whatever. Like she was engaged way before that, whatever. That's not actually like what I want. And I know that because I just matured, but there are other things that I like desperately wanted as a child or even as a teenager that now I like don't want. So I don't really even trust myself fully. And I, I, I just am, I'm feeling untethered. I think that would be the best way to describe it.
Okay, but I don't want to dive into all of this without some facts. So then I was like, we need a fucking woman in STEM. So I found this .gov website, which always just hits. Like when it has a .gov, I'm like, this is some legit shit. It was a science website. And it was telling me what happens when you turn like 24, 25, like to your brain. So number one, your ability to make decisions on a whim is very much so replaced with like real wisdom. So you're not as like impulsive anymore you're not like making random decisions just like in a split second but you're wiser which I think is actually scary because I would prefer to just be delusional number two your ability to think about your own needs and the needs of others develops greatly which I think I would say is true as well um but then it's this like terrible balance of like I feel selfish knowing what I want or what I need rather and I want to be selfless, but it's like you have to put on your own mask when the plane's going down before you put on somebody else's. It's like the same concept. And then the third one is it gets harder to change and our openness to new people and ideas tends to close off because children and, you know, adolescent people are gen generally like much more open to like new things. And that also scared me because I like to be kind of like amorphous being, like always changing, always molding. And like, I don't want to like feel like it's harder to do that. So basically I wanted to come here and talk about this out loud and then I wanted to talk about some things that I feel like I've been doing to help and um, I want to recognize like my great privilege in having access to like mental health resources and having a really, you know, loving and supportive family and I want to recognize that like, yes, we're in a cost of living crisis and like shit has been hitting the fan and I know a lot of people don't have the same privileges I do when I'm talking about mitigating these feelings, but I feel like at the end of the day, like we all feel, and I wanted to talk about this because, um, like it, it kind of eats away at me. And it was something that I just felt like I actually sitting down and writing about it and talking about it has already helped so much. And I have some like tactics that I've been using to mitigate everything. Um, and I also wanted to say that I know a lot of people might see me as someone who has it figured out or all of that stuff. And like a couple things, like one, I did an episode about having it all figured out. I think it's overrated, but I don't. And while I do, while I am immensely privileged and lucky to, you know, be secure in my career at its current stage, I have no idea where it's going or what's next. And number three is like, I am so open with you guys, but I don't tell you everything. You know, there's so many things and I know, call me crazy that you don't know about me and you don't know about my relationships and my situation and my health and, and the health and of my family and loved ones and all that stuff. Because, you know, that's, that's just the way it has to be when like, obviously like you want to give away everything on the internet and be an open book, but like some things are going to have to remain personal for whatever reason. So I think just keeping all of those things in mind, and I just wanted to give that disclosure, like I always do, because I just think it is just a gentle way to introduce like kind of the word vomiting that I'm about to do. And Basically, I'm usually more um, formulaic than I'm going to be now, but I think that all I did was I made bullet points of like each thing that I've been thinking about and I'm just going to read them and go through them and talk about them and I hope that's enough. And then I think I hope this like inspires more conversations. Like I know there's tens of thousands of you that download this, which I'm so lucky to be able to say and I hope that you guys can flood the podcast's DMs on Instagram or my DMs and like we can talk more about all of this because this is the beginning of a conversation that I want to have. It's like not the end and it's genuinely just like how I'm feeling about this in real time right now and what I've been doing to help myself. And so I just wanted to make that clear also.
All right. So first thing, the fact that I'm genuinely able to talk about this is helping. The fact that I was able to sit down and write about it for an hour and plus and think about it and put it all into my thoughts is helping. So like, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Like, but I'm also like maybe going to be part of the solution. Like talking about this shit is so helpful to me. It felt like it was gigantic and arbitrary and random and that it was maybe stupid of me to bring up because maybe everybody was talking about it and I just didn't know, or nobody was talking about it. And I didn't want to be like the loudest voice, or I didn't want people to think I'm like a hot mess or a disaster. And I, I cannot express to you how much just like talking about it has helped because it like makes me feel like we're all going through it together and that this isn't some kind of like farce or like scary fucking thing. The second thing that's really been helping is surrounding myself by content and people who are genuinely experiencing a similar thing or are in a similar life point. And I think a lot of people are like, well, you have to watch content of people that aren't like you and don't want the things you want. And that's true. I think you need a healthy mix of different content, content that has nothing to do with where you're at in your life or what you want, content from people of different backgrounds, um, socioeconomically, different you know, races, genders, all that stuff. Like we need to be doing that. But I think it needs to also, like we forget to tell people to like follow content that makes them feel seen and heard. You know, watch content that makes you feel seen and heard and inspired and a healthy mix of aspirational content and other content, but no content that makes you feel bad. Like, I feel like we get so into this warp of content, we can't even look away. And maybe like with our brains developing and like being less likely to change, like we're just like, whatever. But there are so many things that I kind of take in because I feel seen and heard by them. Like one of my favorite podcasts is Girls Gotta Eat. And I listen to Girls Gotta Eat because I love their guests and I think it's a great podcast, but Ashley and Raina have consistently made me feel seen and heard consistently. They're both like really career driven women who are very, very open and adamant and, you know, vocal about sex and relationships and datings and their, and their feelings. And I was not familiar with like a lot of other people that did that and did the kind of thing that I want to do. And, you know, they've been incredibly vocal about living child-free lives and being unsure about wanting children and how you can date through that and about aging and all these other things that just like they make me feel seen and heard. And I feel like we forget to tell people to take in content that makes them feel that way. I also watch Sex in the City because it makes me feel seen and heard right now. Like that, like call me cringe, fucking it's aspirational as hell as well, but it makes me feel seen and heard because these are just women that don't really know what they want. And I really need to like watch women who don't know what they want. Like sometimes like, yeah, I love, I love Gilmore Girls. Like that's one of my favorite shows. And I love, you know, Gossip Girl. Like that's a show that I really like and have taken to and like a lot of like family sitcoms and whatever. But like some, something about like even like watching friends sometimes makes me feel like oddly melancholy because I'm like am I supposed to like want the same things that they want and like this is so popular to other people want the things they want and it's okay if you do but it's like sometimes it just makes me feel like I should be wanting something different even though I want to trust my gut at the end of the day I feel like something that we forget is that like in this like mid-20s like I really feel like I was absolutely shoved, thrown, pushed, like fucking catapulted off the high dive into just everything. Like every integer, everything you could wish to have or not want. Like how am I supposed to parse through all of that and decide what it is I want when like genuinely it could be 
anything or nothing and it might not come true even if I want like it's just scary so for me it's like watching sex in the city it's certain books it's certain podcasts like I like to have mentors that are all different ages that I look up to and admire and kind of like just let me know that I'm right where I need to be okay the third thing that's been helping I've really cut back on how much I watch TikTok and how much content I am taking in and one of the reasons is like genuinely not everything needs to be an aesthetic or have a name. Like you, there's no such thing as blueberry milk nails and you don't need them. You don't need to be like dark academia or like preppy cute or whatever. Like obviously if that's who you are, genuinely fine. Like be your aesthetic if that's who you are. But I feel like people have a hard time like... I I felt so kind of lost on the internet because I feel like people have a hard time digesting me because it's easier to digest women online who have an aesthetic or like fit in a box. And honestly, like I want to free those women too if they want to be freed. Like if you like your aesthetic or you like like your like personal niche or whatever, that's fine. That's what I want for you. I want you to be able to choose. But sometimes like I feel like it would be easier for me to be in a, in a box or like to have one specific aesthetic because then I would be more digestible and like less subject to scrutiny. And, and maybe then I would feel, I don't know, better about myself, but no, like you don't need to have a fucking aesthetic. Like there's not even a such thing. You don't need to have blueberry milk nails. Like I saw a video being like, Oh my God, Sophia Richie did a side part. Like, Holy fuck. Like now we all have to do side parts. No, we don't. We don't. You can just do what you want. You can just wear the clothes you want. You can just like one day wear all black and the next day wear a million colors and like literally dress like fucking Selena Gomez's best friend Harper from Wizards of Waverly Place. Like you don't like not everything has to be an aesthetic. And I feel like we look at women that are an aesthetic or like fit in a box as like the best, like the highest caliber. And some women are naturally like that. And I'm not shaming them at all whatsoever. Like, I'm just saying, like, I feel like we all feel pressured to fit into a box or an aesthetic because, like, the women that we've put into boxes and aesthetics, like, are, like, the top tier. You know, like, Sophia Richie's is quiet luxury. Like, what if she doesn't fucking want to be quiet luxury? Like, that was completely projected onto her. Like, Hailey Beavers is this, like, cool girl street style, like, whatever, blueberry milk nails. And it's, like, what if she just wants to like live? Like, what if we just all stopped? Like, I feel like that is one thing that I've been really trying to like divest from because I'm like, holy fuck. Like, I don't need to have an aesthetic. Like, I can just do what I want. It doesn't need to fit into a box. Okay, the next one. My mom like met my dad when she was 21. They got married when she was 22. She had me when she was like 25. Like, genuinely, who the fuck cares when your parents got engaged, got married, had babies, whatever. You are not them you are not your friends. Like you are you and it's going to be fine. And I feel like there is pressure from family sometimes. And like, you have to remember it's a, it's a different generation and it is what it is sometimes. And sometimes you have to set those boundaries and protect your peace, but ultimately like try to quiet that noise as much as you can. And I'm, I'm definitely like working on this, especially because my mom got engaged and married so young and she puts no pressure on me whatsoever. If anything, she's like, I want you to like live and revel in this moment with your book and not even think about like anything else. Like she encourages that, which I'm really lucky about. But I think sometimes like we, and we're going to talk more about comparison, but we do this comparison thing like specifically with our parents. And I feel like we just have to throw that out the window. Like you are you and your experience is your experience and it is equally valid as anybody else's. Okay. Number five, you have to trust the people in your life. And if you feel like you don't trust them, you have to like shuffle around 
and be surrounded by people that you trust who trust you. Like, I promise you, if your friends fucking hated you, they would tell you, like, you have to trust your friends. And I, I get it because I'm anxiously attached as well. And so I know, like, how that is. But I almost feel like, you know, imagine if your friends came to you, like, we feel like you don't like us. You would literally be heartbroken. You'd be like, no, I love you guys. And so I feel like just applying that to your friendships and, like, putting facts before feelings a lot of the time is so helpful like the fact is like your friend hasn't answered your text in two hours she probably is busy at work or doesn't have the emotional like availability to answer right now but she will answer you so the feeling is just content for now it doesn't need to be like oh the fact is she hasn't answered my text in two hours so now the feeling is horrible because she fucking hates me um and I think it gets really difficult and I've spoken about this before on like my friendship episode but to uphold friendships when like all the structures and clubs and groups and schools and whatever else that govern our friendships have fallen away and we have to do it all ourselves and it becomes like this massive responsibility when like friendship was never a responsibility before and that's a whole nother thing like that's why I really think we have to start viewing our relationships like friendships and vice versa because we always look at romantic relationships as a responsibility and we never look at friendship as a responsibility but like it is and at the end of the day, like when you have to work for something, I think it's the, the, the getting of it, the having of it is that much better. And I think you just have to remember, like if your friends hated you or if they thought that there was something wrong, they would tell you just like you would tell them. And genuinely speaking, bad people don't ask themselves all day. Am I a bad person? Am I a bad friend? Like maybe sometimes, but I really think that they think that they are just fine. Okay. Next one. I know not all of us are American listening, which is really cool that I get to know, like, you guys are from all over the world, but specifically, like, most of us are American. American work and hustle culture and, like, our our work is so forward-facing in our lives and, like, so prevalent. And whenever I'm in Europe or, like, in England with Veronica and I meet, like, her friends and her people who aren't Americans, like asking like what do you do for work or like your job like that's never something that really like interests people like it's just simply not as big of a deal it's like such a smaller microcosm of other cultures than it is for ours and I genuinely think it's okay to not like your job and I think people struggle with the idea not everyone is meant to love their job and like if you want to love your job then go out and find a job that you're gonna fucking love and I know that sounds like a lot of work but in my episode with Tim Chusano, we were talking about how everything's a choice. And like, obviously a lot of privilege plays into that as well. And it's like, not always like simple to leave your job, but if you don't like your job and you want to love your job, then you, you've got to like reframe and figure out how you're going to find a job that you love. But I think in general, like, let's just decenter that shit. Like, let's decenter it. Like if you are in a job and you can't leave for financial reasons or whatever else, or you're in a job and you just don't want to leave because you're feeling lazy about it, or you just don't feel like leaving, but you don't really like it or find passion in it. Like that is okay. Like it's not, you are not your work. You are not your job. Your job is a place that you go to make money so that you can live your life. De-fucking-center it. It, and it's easier said than done. And like, I worked a corporate job for seven months, so I'm not like the best you know, person to talk about this. But when I was there, I fucking hated it. I literally hated it every second. And I just decentered it. I was like, this is a place that I go to make money for seven months. I went there and I made money every day in the office and I showed up and that's what I did. So just fucking decenter that shit. Okay. I also think that there's this like feeling or pressure that now that my brain like has developed and I really have felt in the last year or two, like such a heightened level of clarity. I think that that like there was this like thing in my brain that I'm also like, okay, so now that I have like this level of clarity and like knowledge about the world and myself, like I have to have everything figured out. And I'm pretty sure that's just not true. 
Um, I talked about this in my like having it figured out is um, overrated episode, but I just don't think, I don't think that's the case. And it it's a tough pill to swallow because you're like, I want to have it all figured out. I don't think we ever are going to. And that's just something that I've been grappling with and working through that like, I'm not going to have it all figured out and that's okay. And I probably never will. And that that's number seven on the list. Okay. Number eight, the idea that nobody else feels the way that I do right now is actual like poo-poo. It is poo-poo. Like the minute I posted on my story that I was going to talk about this on the podcast and not even like to the level, I didn't even share like my thoughts, thousands of DMs, thousands of entries in the box, like for what to talk about. Like the idea that nobody else feels this way is not true. And I think I felt the same way when I got to college and I like wasn't really fucking with my freshman year of college. And like I was looking on Instagram and I'm like, okay, everyone looks like they're having the best time ever, both at the college that I'm at, like people I've just met and everybody else I've ever known in my whole life or at other colleges look like they're like actually thriving and having the best time. And then when you would see them over breaks, they would be like, oh my God, everything's amazing. Like I love it. And I'm like, why can't we all just be honest? Like we don't love it. We're all struggling. We all miss home. We all miss other people. We all are changing and shifting and molding. We're all confused. Like maybe it's not great. Like maybe we need to try to start answering like, how are you with like, I'm okay. I'm getting by. I'm doing the best I can. Like, obviously read the room. Like, don't go into a job interview and be like, I feel like poo-poo today. But like, you guys know what I'm saying. Like, everyone's putting out the highlight reel. I am like, be fucking for real with the highlight reel. Like, we all got to stop. But I know we won't. It's like such a difficult thing because like, like I was saying in the intro, like every version of ourselves that we're projecting online is like actually just a version of. Like, we can't actually be our full selves online. It's just tough. But just remember that like, other people do feel this way. Let's take a quick break from my ranting today to talk about some of our partners. Okay, like extensions are out. Hair, love, hair love. She is so in, you guys. You know I got my extensions out, but I've wanted to grow my hair longer and I've just wanted like thicker, healthier hair. So I have been using the Hair Love Growth Complex, which is a daily vitamin that helps rebuild the foundation of each follicle for strong, thick, and healthy hair. This is just a vitamin that you take. And I take so many vitamins that just like adding it into my routine was a no-brainer. And this really does reduce shedding, strengthen hair from the follicle to the strand, promote new hair growth, increase moisture and shine. And I have been feeling it. Like I've only been doing this for about a month. And from one to three months, you're just going to notice like stronger hair and shinier hair with less shedding and my hair used to shed everywhere. I always talk about this. And then by six plus months, you're going to see like a lot of visible changes, like faster growing hair that's both stronger and healthier. If you guys are on the same wavelength and you want just like some nice shiny hair, some lovely locks to go into the fall season with, you can go to hairlove.com slash miss 15. That's H-A-I-R-L-O-V-E.com slash M-I-S-S 15. And that will give you 15% off site-wide. Love you guys. Okay. Number nine, the like literal craziness that is the routine of like work, gym, eat, sleep, sometimes friends on the weekend, like over and over and over again, like that monotony, that routine, like obviously there are things we have to do, right? Like we have to go to work, we have to eat, we have to sleep, we have to work out if we want to do that, whatever. But I feel like we're the only ones keeping ourselves in this like terrible, like 
fucking depressive monotony. And of course, like some people have like clinical issues and depression and anxiety and et cetera, like mental health issues that are like keeping them in those routines. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying like, if you're like, oh my God, I literally hate this monotony of this routine. Like, I feel like we're the only people keeping us there. Like nobody, like obviously you have to go to work. There are things you have to do, but why are we letting the things that we have to do dictate how we feel about the rest of our lives? Like there is time to fill. Like we we have to like take advantage of and make the most of like the time where we get to do what we want to do or what we'd like to do or what we, what we need for ourselves. And I feel like this is like something that I've been dealing with a lot is like what you do like every day is just a day and then the days amount to weeks and the weeks amount to months. And like, it's such an existential thought, but I really think like we have no answers to like life, like not to be so fucking meta, like a YouTube video about the world or whatever, but like we have no answers and all we can really do is like do what we have to do so that we can do what we'd like to do. And we got to make it as simple as possible in that way. Okay. Number 10, I feel so strongly. It's like mourning other versions of your life that you're not living. And like the desire to live a certain life or move to a new city or experience something new that like you're likely never going to do. Like I read Eat, Pray, Love. And the entire time I was like, I am probably never going to have like my Eat, Pray, Love experience where I like moved to Italy or like I always think about the desire to like move abroad and like just start fresh. And like, that's obviously such a romanticized thing, but like, that's a, that's a version of my life I'm never going to live. And I feel like I've had to make peace with the fact that I chose and I am actively choosing like everything's a choice, Tim Chusano, my current life for different reasons. And every choice you make, you're going to end up discarding something else that might've been amazing in a different way. And I think we just have to make peace with that. And that's something that I've definitely I've definitely been thinking about a lot, like mourning those other versions of your life. But I feel like I try to just stay present. And when I do feel those like kind of itches and urges, like see how I can bring in aspects of that version, quote unquote, of my life that could have been or that is in another universe to my life that I've chosen and that I'm happy and content with and proud of. All right. Number 11 is one of the big ones. Comparison and comparing yourself. So I think something that I've like really like thought about a lot is how comparing yourself in comparison is like just actually pointless. Like it's absolutely 100% without purpose, right? And we only have limited energy in our day. So using some of it to, using some of that energy to be like, I wish I had that or this or that, or I'm not like her, I'm not engaged. I don't like my job. Okay, maybe that's true. That's a fact. You're single or you don't love your job, but spending all your time loathing yourself because you don't have something that you would eventually like to have doesn't accomplish anything. So what if we took that energy? Like the next time you're like, oh, fuck this person that got engaged. Like I literally want to get engaged. Like I'm so like, oh, I feel so bad about myself. What if we said, okay, like here's the fact. The fact is I'm single and I would love to be in a romantic partnership and I would love to look for somebody that I want to spend the rest of my life with. Okay, amazing. That's such a positive, exciting thing. Like how wonderful and exciting that you want to embark on that journey. Like let's put our energy into actually going out there and like finding that person. Person. And if you can't stop, like if you just find yourself every single time you open up social media, number one, if you can, a social media break can truly do wonders. But number two, mute, block, unfollow. Like those are like the big three, like mute, block, unfollow. Like I am a, I'm a block son. Like I love to, I'm a blocker. Like if somebody says some shit, I'm like, fuck you, protect my peace, block. I'm a block son. I'm probably like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a mute rising, I would say, like, I would say I present mute. Like I would want to say I mute people, but like, 
I'm probably like truly like an unfollow moon, like spiritually, mentally, emotionally. But those are my big three, mute, block, unfollow. Do that shit. Okay, number 12. This is another big one. Feeling behind. Feeling behind in what? Like I started thinking about this because sometimes I feel behind. Like I'm not kidding you guys. Every single time I open up Instagram, somebody I know is engaged or having a baby. Like actually, genuinely, I'm not kidding. I think it'll die down in the fall. And I know I am not ready to get engaged. Like I can't express it to you enough. Like the haters will say it's false. Like this is me being as honest as I can be. I'm not ready. It's not something that's in my periphery right now maybe down the line, maybe a year. I just, I'm not ready. And that has nothing to do with my partner who I love very deeply and very much and very much so hope that we end up getting to that place. I'm just not ready. There are other things I'm prioritizing right now above like planning a wedding and being engaged. And I know I'll feel ready for that step when I do. And it's not right now. And again, that has nothing to do with my relationship. But right now, when I open the Instagram app, everybody I know is engaged or having a baby. And I was thinking about like, sometimes that makes me feel behind in some kind of way, but I'm like, behind what? Like behind who? Like, I bet you those people would look at me and be like, well, I'm behind you in this thing because I haven't done that yet. Or I'm behind you in that regard because I'm not doing that. Like, there's no such thing as like being behind, like being behind what? Like, I'm really trying to think far back too to like the oldest ass fucking people. I'm like, I'm not very religious, but like, do you think Adam and Eve were like walking around the Garden of Eden, like being like, I feel behind in life? Like, no, like they were just trying to survive. Like, and I know we've had so much advancements and whatever since then, but like these bitches were just trying to get through and like do what they liked and like fuck around and find out and feel good. You know what I mean? Like, there's no such thing as behind. Like, this was just a concept I was thinking about when I was writing this. I was like, do you genuinely like, what behind who? And it's not even like there's a document written somewhere that says like, all right, you are going to graduate high school at the age of 18 and immediately go off to college. And then when you graduate college, when you're 22, you're going to get a job and then you're going to meet the love of your life and you're going to get married, engaged at 24, married at 25. You're going to start popping out children at the ripe age of 27. You're going to buy a house. Like there's there's like definitely like the, you know, subconscious subversive idea that that's what you're supposed to do or whatever. That's what like the majority of people might do. So that's why you feel that way. But like, that's actually never been like, that's not scripture. Like that's not a rules list. That's not a guide. Like we're not behind. That's like arbitrary. There's no such thing. We're all on our own timeline. Okay. That was passionate. Number 13, the farce of the dream job. I dream jobbed my way to death in college. I walked around, this is dream job. That's the dream job. This is my dream job. That's my dream job. My dream job is what I'm doing right now. Something that one, hardly existed when I was in college. Two, didn't, wasn't a possibility for me when I was dreaming up my dream jobs. And three, I had no idea what ever happened. Do you know what I mean? So my thing is like, there, like we should, we should be, setting our sights on things that we want in jobs and careers and our passions and saying, that's something I really want to attain. That's something I want to move towards. That's something I want to achieve. But the idea of this dream job, I think is a farce because then a lot of times you might attain a dream job that you hyped up and wanted so badly and you don't like it. And then you're like, well, I feel ungrateful. I feel like a fake. I feel horrible. I feel like there's something wrong with me. What if we just completely changed our mindset to say there's no dream jobs, there's no dream jobs, there's no dream jobs, and the only dream life you can make is one that you actively choose for yourself and that excites you, and that there's no other way to do it. 
there's no dream job. I think we have to let go of that phrase and call it something else. And that'll be a working title. But because we run into two issues, either one, we get the job and we don't even like it. Or number two, we don't get the job and we destroy ourselves over it when realistically it wasn't right for us. Number 14, the whole, I will never find my person. I will never find the love of my life. I'm never going to find love. Not going to lie. Like I'm getting intense now. What the fuck is that attitude doing for us? Like I always, always used to carry around that attitude. I would be like, I'm never going to find love. Like it's just not for me. It's not going to come for me. I'm never going to find my person. Like I broke up with this guy. I'm never going to find love. Like, no, but like genuinely, what is that attitude doing for us? Like the only thing you're accomplishing by being like, I'm never going to find love is feeling sorry for yourself or I'm never going to find my person feeling sorry for yourself. It's not true. It's not true. It's a story that we tell ourselves. And I told myself too, out of security, out of self-preservation, out of comfort. I totally get it. I used to do it all the time, but guys, we have to let that shit go. It ha- it's not a thing like that attitude sucks. And it doesn't suck in a way of like, I'm saying that you suck. I'm saying it sucks for us. It's making us feel bad. It's not real. We've got to let it go. Okay. Number 15 and number 16 are like together. So letting go of your teenage fantasy of your 20s and like the idea of what your 20s would be. And then secondarily, the loss of like childlike joy and excitement as you're like in your mid 20s. So the first part, I feel like for me, like... When I was in my teens, I don't really remember what I thought my 20s were going to be like. And I think I was like so excited to like see what happened. And I think I would be like shitting myself, screaming, crying, throwing up if I knew. But I also think I would have acted way differently if I knew. And I think that you guys would act way differently in your teens if you had known as well. I think like part of teenhood and like being a teenager is like romanticizing that version of your life when you're in your 20s and like being excited for it. But I also think like if you can remember what that romanticized fantasy version of your life looked like, try to bring in aspects of it. Like when you were a teen, if you were like, I am going to have like such a gorgeous shoe collection and I'm going to stomp around the city in all different kinds of shoes like Carrie Bradshaw, like what is stopping you? TJ Maxx is right down the street and they have great shoes. They have an amazing shoe collection. Just ask Bethany fucking Frankel on TikTok. She'll tell you they have Manolos. Well, that was a scandal, but they've got shoes. Like, you know what I mean? Like don't, you don't have to let it go. Like you get to, do whatever you want. And then on some level with the childlike joy and excitement thing, I feel like the patriarchy in society kind of just like squashes all female joy. And so the more and more I think about like people who feel detached from their inner child and like trying to preserve their inner child or like make love, make like a, make that, that sounded weird. Like make peace with their inner child, I think is better. Um, a lot of those people I feel like are women or are feminine people, people who identify as women, gay men, Um, as well. They don't identify as women, but you know what I'm saying? Like gay men who are more feminine. I feel like a lot of times the patriarchy kind of squashes our joy and the things that make us feel good and like says that they're like silly or childish or whatever. And I think like on the converse celebrates things that like men commonly feel joyful about. And so I think it's kind of just like reclaiming those things and realizing like, No, you know what? When I was a kid, I loved my fucking birthday. I would like to love my fucking birthday again. When I was a kid, I loved these movies, these TV shows, this musician, these types of things. Like I'm going to find community in that because there are 100% other people who like those things and who get excited about them. And on some level, like, yes, we do go away from like the nativity. Wow. We grow away from the naivety of like being children. But I do think that we will 
each iteration of our lives will bring forth different kinds of joy that we haven't experienced before. And that's something that I try to like sit with and think about a lot. Okay. Next one. Feeling like other people are ahead of you or that you're below other people because you chose to pursue something creative or you're having creativity like as the forefront of your life. I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. Um, when I was a senior in college, like basically all my friends that I lived with, I lived with five other people, either had jobs or like had job um, options or something like a plan, a grad school, a thing lined up for after graduation, except for me, because I was either going into theater or journalism or writing. And I wasn't like so confident that I was going to be able to figure out how to do any of those things. Like, how do you just like become an author? I don't know. And so I lived with these girls and I always felt so horrible about myself because I felt like I was like below them for like wanting to be creative. And eventually one day I was like complaining, complaining, complaining to Allie. And she was like, you don't get it. And I was like, what? And she was like, it kind of pisses me off. Like I would kill to be as passionate about something as you are about writing. Like the way that you're so fucking passionate about this that you're willing to just throw away any semblance of like, I need structure, I need a path because you need to pursue this with your life. Like, or at least try and you have to be brave enough to choose that. Like that is so admirable. And then I never said another thing about it again. And I always just remember that because I remember how lucky I am to feel the way I feel about writing and creative stuff. And yeah. Okay, number 18. The waiting period while everybody else is seemingly getting to a destination that you want to get to. So like you're dating and looking for the love of your life or you just got into a new relationship, but you know that you're like looking for someone to spend the rest of your life with and like you see other people getting engaged and getting married. I think that there's like a two-parter here. One, those people also had a waiting area and they are waiting on other things and they have a waiting period on other things that you have or that you had, whatever it is. And again, comparing yourself to them is doing nothing. I think you have to find joy in the fact that they have something that you're going to have. You're going to have that because you want it and you're going to get it. And that's going to be so fucking exciting. But the grass is also always greener. So like, why don't we revel in and enjoy the waiting period? Like, I bet you the people that are, like are just got married and are in that chapter of their life are like, oh my God, like before we were engaged, the dating stage was the best. Like the fucking dating stage was amazing. That honeymoon stage was fucking phenomenal, even though we just got back from our honeymoon. The grass is always greener and living in the present is so hard, but like you have to kind of just be sharp with yourself to be like present, present moment, present moment. And then eventually, you know, your conscious thoughts become your subconscious actions. Okay. It really feels sometimes like we're wasting our youth when we stay in. And I don't think that's true. Like there's no, there's no such thing as wasting your youth. Like you, you'll always have you know, youth in, in you, within you. And you can't really waste that. If you mean like wasting your young years, like I think for me, sometimes I'm like, I'm wasting my young years, but then I look at it and I'm like, what more could I possibly do? Like I genuinely need the time in to relax and rest. Like what more could I possibly ask of myself? I am going, going, going. Like that is the sacrifice I've taken. But if you feel like you want to get out more, then get out more. You know what I mean? Like you're in the driver's seat. I think that's another thing, like, which is so scary because I'm like, I'm in the driver's seat and I don't have a license and I can't drive. Like, that's how I feel. I'm like, I'm in the driver's seat and the brakes aren't working and I am screaming, but you're still driving. You know what I mean? It's about like learning to shift the gears, learning to 
choose for you? Like, when do you want to go out? And just to remind yourself, like, you're not wasting anything. That's not a thing. You're always going to have youth within you. And if you want to take full advantage of your young years, then do that. But also remember how important rest is and that we need it to survive. Okay, this one is really big. Living in the present while also future planning. So for me, I make things as literally stupidly simple as possible so I can just get by. So it's really one hour at a time, one day at a fucking time. But the days become weeks and the weeks become months and you're going to want a future plan. At the beginning of each month, I kind of like check in with myself and I'm like, where are we on all these goals and all these things we want to do? And what kind of conversations do we need to have about things I want to put in motion or like my eventual future plans? But on a day-to-day basis, I'm thinking about that fucking day and living in the moment. And I think it takes a lot of like mental gymnastics to like get yourself to a place where you're like, live in the moment, but also plan for the future because your brain's just going to be like, beep, beep, boop, boop, boop. And mine also does that. But therapy really helps. And then also just like having that structure of like each month, I'm going to check in on some of those more long-term things. But on a day-to-day basis, on a daily basis, I am here, I am present, I am alive in this body, in this life right now. And that's all I have truly. And so I'm just going to ride it and fucking rock it. And that's that. I think another feeling that we all have, maybe, I don't want to speak for all of us, but one that I definitely have is like, I just want someone to like tell me what to do or tell me that I'm like doing it right. But there's like no right way. Like there's only a right way for Eli or whoever you are. There's only a right way for you. There's no right way for all of us to do something. Like we're literally idiosyncratic. Like there's nobody else like us on the face of the planet. I, I can only choose what's right for me. And it's a lot about gut instincts and there's a science behind gut instincts. And I beg you to read about it because it's fascinating But it's like, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody's going to tell me what's right because they don't know. I'm the only one who can know. That's scary as fuck. Like, even when I'm like bringing other people into my life, like partners and family and friends, like they can't tell me what's right for me. They can't tell me what to do. Only I know. And I feel like something I've been trying to do lately is you have to kind of like step outside of yourself and see yourself from an outsider's point of view and like look inward. And I genuinely don't know how to do this. I'm like, I don't know how to see myself from an outsider's point of view. Like I feel like I only see myself from the inside and I am so self-loathing in that way. And I wish I could see myself from an outsider's point of view, but I think like maybe like create a fictional character and write to you as the fictional character. What do you see in yourself? What what does that fictional character see in you? What does that fictional character want you to work on? What does that fictional character think about you? Like we can't rely on other people to tell us that we're doing it right because they don't know. Only we can choose what's right for us and there's no one way. It's just going to be what is right for you. And I think that's part of what's so fucking scary. You know, like it isn't just work, job, home, friend on weekends, gym, whatever. It's your life. It's your life. It's my life. It's our lives. And like, that is like a one shot. Like we're here and we've got to make the best of it. And so part of me is like, Eli, shut the fuck up with the existential crisis, with the quarter life crisis. Hashya, hashya buns. But then most of me is like, no, I'm going to talk about it because it's going to make people feel less alone. And then I'm going to say, you know what? This is our lives. Like there's no one right way. There's no one right way to do it. There's just right for you. There is no wrong. You're you. That's enough. Like, I'm sorry to quote Dear Evan Hansen, but guys, like, you're you and that's enough. And you're here and that's enough. That's like such a tremendous opportunity to just go for it, right? I feel like we need to all take three deep breaths. So, like, just take three deep breaths and just get excited about 
your life. Like that's one thing that's yours, that you own, that you're in, that you're within. Like don't be so afraid to talk about it either. Like if you feel untethered, you feel untethered. Like I feel untethered as fuck and I actually feel really good about talking about this. Like it's made me feel honestly better. And I I really can't stress it enough. Like if it makes you feel bad to like watch certain certain influencers, even if it's me, like maybe mute and then like when you want to check in, check in. And I like, I feel so like, oh my God, like I'm a business, you can't say that. But no, I'm going to because I get it. I uh, fucking half the people I watch make me feel so like, oh my God, what the fuck am I doing? Like I'm watching certain people that I follow and love who no fault to them are engaged or married or having a baby or just bought a house or are doing this, that, or the other thing. And I'm like, oh my God, should I be doing something like that? Is this making me feel good? Like, should I look like that? Should I wear that? Should I have that? And it's like, no, you should just have what you want to have for yourself. And all you have to do is be kind to yourself and others and work hard and do your best. And then you're doing enough. And if you got a mute block on follow, like those are the big three. And that's what we learned today. I don't know if we learned anything today. Um, I don't know if you guys like this. I don't know if this made any sense to you. That's definitely something that I'm going to consider um, for the rest of the day now. But I want to just say thank you um, for providing me such a safe, honest, vulnerable space to just tell my truth and be myself. I feel tremendously lucky and in a place of such privilege that I have the ability to come on here and have an audience and listening ears. Like that's something that I pinch myself over every single day and I never take it for granted and I never, I never lose sight of how wonderful that is. And so I just want you guys to know that I'm here for you in every way because you've been here for me and because I love you and care for you. And then I hope that that just like made you feel better if you've been having these thoughts. And if you're like not having these thoughts at all, like I'm so jealous of you, mazel tov to you, like you are crushing it. Or if you're younger and you're like, oh, is that going to come? Like it might, but maybe now you'll feel prepared. Um, I actually would have loved to listen to something like this. I think when I was like 21 and thought I was like hot shit because I think I would have just been like, okay, that might happen to me or it might be happening right now, but I'm okay. And you are okay. And that's all, you know, and I love you so much. And I, again, I don't really know how to close this off. Like, I feel like we just got deep there for a little bit. Um, but I hope you're having a wonderful, amazing, stunning, beautiful, gorgeous day, wherever you are, wherever you're listening. Don't forget to DM me. Um, please. I'm, I'm begging, I'm begging you. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that. And I will see you next week. Um, have a beautiful day. Go get yourself some ice cream. Love ya. Bye.